Hey guys, Donovan D. McFadden. Roger Lee. And we're the Marching to More team here with another podcast just for you guys. Now I know a lot of times we talk about different things in the community, things that excite us, but this week in particular, we want to get straight down to real estate and we want to help you guys out with all the things that you didn't even know that you needed to know about mortgages and the home buying process. So today we have a guest star. We've got, you know what I'm saying? We've got uh, a great friend of ours, Kara Erickson here with Atlantic Bay Mortgages. She's a senior mortgage broker. Kara, say hi to the people. Hey everybody, thanks for having me. Yes, we're glad we could have you on here today. So we've got a couple questions that we feel is vital for people to know out there um, that we we have a lot of misconceptions with. So we're gonna ask you some questions. That sound okay, Kara? Yes. All right, great. Um, Rod, you got you got one of the first questions you want to ask her. I got one of the first questions. You had a you had a problem a problem client this week. They were going through some stuff, and you know now we can handle it. Well, well, let's let's go ahead and just nip this in the bud right off the bat. So, Kara, okay. my first question to you is real quick. What advice would you give someone who is looking to write an offer on a home when they have to sell their current home first? That's a great question, and that's a question that I get asked often because right now with the way the market is the Home buyers have a lot of competition, and um, you know Donovan, Roger, and I. We always like to have our clients be in the best position possible to make their offer the most competitive. So, with that said, first and foremost is always trust a local lender. A lot of these one eight hundred mortgage companies, what they do is they take some information and, without verifying anything, will happily send over a pre approval letter, only to find out later on that they weren't actually pre-approved and then the deal can fall apart. Before I get you off of a tangent, I'm so upset because I've had somebody, they wrote a bad review for us this year because they did that exact thing. They went through a outside lender, they gave them like a random pre-approval and then I called Kara, right? Cause you're my go-to. So I'm like, Kara, can you run some quick info? You're like, well, yeah, this person really shouldn't qualify for two months. So then I call that other lender and they're like, oh, well we didn't do that part but I had already wrote an offer. Meaning this person was legally, in a legally binding contract, already had earnest money being held. And now I gotta go to bat in order to try and get that out. So that does uh, care. Thank you for telling me <laughs> about that part. Yeah, we obviously like to avoid that because our goal um, for all three of us is to make the home buying process as enjoyable and as stress-free as possible. So um, first and foremost, always talk to a local lender. Second of all, you want to make sure that you are very upfront and honest with your finances because there are plenty of people who may not even have to sell their current home in order to qualify to purchase their next home. For example, this is a common mortgage myth. If you are a military home buyer and you are utilizing your VA home loan benefit, you are able to have multiple VA loans out at once as long as you qualify. Message. <laughs> but, <laughs> You also, um, in order to purchase another home, if you have enough entitlement, all you have to do to provide um, is a comparative market analysis to show what your home could possibly rent for. And then you don't even have to worry about putting the home on the market just yet. You may even be able to qualify with your current mortgage payment being offset by a proposed rent payment, which is huge. Um, now let's say worst case scenario that you have to sell your home. That's the only way that you'll qualify. Mm -hmm. We do have to get kind of creative and do some out of the box thinking to make your offer the strongest. 
Once again, one of the best things to do is to talk to a local lender. And if the company offers it, like Atlantic Bay Mortgage does, is to get your loan fully reviewed and underwritten right up front. That way we know for a fact that your loan is good to go contingent on the sale of your home. And so you're saying if as the seller, I'm looking to buy, I should go to my lender who's going to give me the money to buy a house and get underwritten and pre-approved and handle all that before we even start writing contract. Correct. Because okay. if you if you think about it, the seller of a home is going to want some sort of peace of mind that if they're taking a contingent offer that the buyer is a truly solid and approvable buyer. Okay. So that's one thing. The other thing is I have seen in the past where um, some home buyers, just to kind of sweeten the deal, are offering to pay a portion of the seller's own closing costs. Now, I don't know how much that is. Donovan and Roger would be able to tell you guys that much more readily than I could, but... I'll tell them this. If you're interested, <laughs> uh, call us for a no-cost strategic consultation. Okay. Yeah, short plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> but, um, so that's also an option because if you do have a contingency and that, and you are in a multiple offer situation, you do have to get creative as far as how to make your offer stand out. And that's where Roger Donovan and I would be able to help you be able to determine exactly how to make that happen. Okay. Great question. Well, great, great, great. Here's, a, here's a follow to that. Some, we talked about pre-approval. Well, there's a difference between pre-qualification and pre-approval. Could you explain the difference between those two? Yes. So a pre-qualification and a pre-approval are actually two very different things. A pre-qualification is simply a introductory preliminary interview where the lender, such as myself, gets information about a potential buyer who wants to um, apply for home financing to purchase a new home. And it is truly just a series of questions that the potential home buyer would answer. How it becomes a pre-approval is the documentation that is needed to support all of the information provided in that initial interview is actually provided. So that's typically your pay stubs, your bank statements, your W-2s, tax returns if you're self-employed or own other property. Um, anything that was disclosed in the initial conversation is just documented with, with income documentation and paperwork. Okay. We're asking questions. You got to see how fast Kara's going at this. People people are always like, uh, do we have to use your preferred lender? Number one, no. I do not only recommend that any of my buyers only use my preferred lender, but I always tell them she knows our processes. She's extremely good at her job, and she's been able to help me with 90% of my deals. So why wouldn't I use my preferred lender? And as you guys can see, we're rattling off questions, and she's like, bop, 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 bop. Can't stop me. How Especially in this market, you gotta be quick, fast, in a hurry when you try Facts. to get the house. Facts. Mm -hmm. I've had Kara send me pre-approvals at 9:30 p.m. and I'm like, man, I really shouldn't ask, but my client wants this house, and you know, I know she'll work with yeah, me. Yeah, that's what happens when you work with a team that puts their clients first. Yeah. How long have you been doing this for? Almost 11 years. 11. Years. Yeah, and so I actually came from. Um, I was a fourth grade teacher, mm -hmm. and my degrees are actually in education. So I take a very unique approach to the home financing and lending process. I, I have a very, I have a big love of education and knowledge, and mm -hmm. I think that with this being such a big investment, it's important that our clients are educated on the process and really knowledgeable about what it means to buy a home and to finance a home. I've had clients or just really like prospects sometimes they'll say yeah I spoke with this lender they got a little upset that I was asking this question asking that question 
And to me, I was like, what do you mean they got upset? Like, Red flag. <laughs> yeah, Red our, flag. our job is to educate you. <laughs> yeah. So you never have a problem when people are asking you questions? No, not at all. In fact, I encourage it. I always like to find out the motivation behind somebody purchasing a home. And then that also helps me to be able to strategize the best loan program for them while also maintaining that they are encouraging them to remember their why. Why are they buying this home when the process does get stressful or it gets frustrating? Um, just to remember why did you start the process to begin with? I think my favorite word you used so far was creative. You know, you like to come up with a creative solution. And I feel like sometimes when people get pigeonholed into thinking one way or the other, there's always, you know, there's a million ways to get to the top of this mountain. And we want to see everybody reach the top. So mm -hmm. being creative is key. Yes. And it's a never a matter of no. It's just not yet. So exactly. if anybody ever tells you no, don't believe it. It's a not yet. So if somebody's getting started out on this route, we're about to come into 2022, interest rates are still good? Mm -hmm. Yeah, still low. All right, so interest rates are still holding low. Um, what is the minimum credit score that someone will need in order to get started with? Yeah, so we have um, different programs. So our government programs, such as VA and FHA, we require 600. For our first-time homebuyer programs, we do offer 620 credit score requirement. And then with conventional, we also require a 620 credit score requirement. Mm -hmm. So that actually sounds lower than, I want to say, two to three years ago. Yes. So the, the credit score requirements have come down. Um, they went up for a period of time during COVID. But thankfully, the economy has somewhat settled down as far as the, the mortgage applications go. And um, we have now been able to relax some of our previous mortgage score requirements. Okay. I'm sure people are buzzing right now. They're, they're hooked. They're listening to us. And they're probably wondering, what do you see happening moving forward? with interest rates and be careful when answering that obviously but if you can give any insight that'd be great um <clears throat> so the interest rates are still very historically low um they may not be as low as they were this time last year but they are still very historically low with that said with the threat of inflation going up and inflation increasing rapidly that is causing the interest rates to start to come up and it's also causing some volatility within the market. So my piece of advice is if you have, if you are interested in purchasing a home and you go to see a house and you get an offer accepted, go ahead and let the lender know ASAP so that they can go ahead and get that rate locked in for you to avoid any of the what ifs with the market. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right, well, with all that being said, so we decided to buy a home, we went and got uh, uh, our credit score together. Now you're saying you're gonna, uh, we're gonna lend out the money. There are different types of loans that you can get. There's mm -hmm. an FHA, VA, conventional. Can you describe the difference between those three types of VHDA as well? Yeah, three absolutely. So, so a VA and an FHA loan are both government insured loans. The VA loan is through the Department of Veteran Affairs, and that is a guaranteed loan um, for our military service members. The FHA loan is insured by the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and that is a lower down payment option. Um, it's got more flexibility as far as credit score requirements and previous credit events, as well as some flexibility with debt to income ratio. Conventional is a privately insured mortgage loan. So you may have heard um, some buzz terms such as PMI or MIP. Um, MIP is a mortgage insurance premium that is actually charged by FHA from the government to insure your loan in case of foreclosure. PMI is private mortgage insurance, and that's what's collected on conventional loans 
who put down less than 20%, and that is the uh, mortgage insurance to protect the lender in case of a foreclosure in that instance too. Uh, VHDA <clears throat> is commonly known as a loan type, but it's it's actually a state agency in Richmond known as Virginia Housing, and they provide funds to cover either your down payment or your closing costs. It's one or the other, not both. So Virginia Housing offers a grant to cover a portion of the down payment if one is required, or full down payment assistance where you finance the down payment if required. If you have a VA loan, for example, that is a no money down program with Virginia Housing, and depending on your qualifications, you may be able to qualify for a 2% closing cost grant to assist with your closing costs on the VA loan. Mm. So if you are listening to this, and I hope you're listening, I hope you grabbed a pen right now because we're going to class. <laughs> like she's, she's taking us to class. Well, this is a great opportunity for us to learn stuff as well as all you guys. So I'm glad we're doing this because this is things that I didn't even know. Uh, I think you said MPI? MIP, MIP is the mortgage insurance premium on FHA okay. loans. PMI is the mortgage insurance premium on conventional loans. So I know that both of them had a premium, but I thought they were both called PMI. Mm -hmm. So that's actually like, wow, MIP. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. MIP and PMI. Yeah. And that's not minor in possession. OPP. No, I've grown up now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So the next, the next question is, now we're talking about down payment versus closing costs. Mm -hmm. So could you explain the difference? Because some people think part of their down payment goes toward closing costs. So if we could just kind of solidify what are what the difference, the difference between Yes. <laughs> so down payment is the initial investment from a buyer on the purchase of a home. So on an FHA loan, it's three and a half percent of the sales price. So for easy numbers, we'll say $200,000 sales price. It would be a $7,000 down payment minimum. Um, with a conventional loan, as a first time home buyer, you may be able to qualify with as little as 3% down. If you're not a first time home buyer, it would be a minimum of 5% down. And then a VA loan is zero, it's zero down, unless you wanted to put money down. Um, closing costs are actually the costs that are charged from all the third parties that work on a loan. So you have multiple people who handle a file during the transaction. The real estate agent handles the contract. The lender handles the financing. The title company handles the title search and settlement. You've got state and city taxes. And then you also have funds to start up an escrow account if you are escrowing your taxes and insurance. Escrowing means that your taxes and insurance are being paid through your mortgage payment. If they're not escrowed, then you actually will pay your taxes and insurance separately as the bills come due. Closing costs are due at closing at the time of settlement, and they are separate from the down payment because the down payment, like I mentioned earlier, is the investment on the purchase from the buyer upfront. The closing costs are what's paid to all of the people who have actually processed the file. And I promise you guys, she's not reading this off of any teleprompter. <laughs> and when I uh, when you say this, so the down payment, that's actually going to go towards your equity in the house. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, that goes towards the principal balance. So let's say that you are purchasing a home for $200,000 mm -hmm. and you're putting 5% down. That means you're only financing $190,000. Okay, nice. And so a key word there being equity. Yeah. Can you, can you explain that? I always have the opportunity to explain it, but yeah. I'd love to hear it from yeah. you. Yeah. Know, so equity, from my perspective, is the money that you have really earned on your home by paying down the principal loan balance. So let's say that you have the home for $200,000, you've you know, lived there for a few years, you put some money down, you, know, you could easily have 
you know, several thousand dollars worth of equity that is just sitting in your home. And um, which is a good reason because you know, Donovan and Roger could talk to you guys about the benefits if you decided to sell your home mm-hmm. <laughs> and be able to tap into that equity. And also because if you decide to stay in the home, you could always um, tap into that equity with a cash out refinance okay. where you actually just find, take out a new loan, you pay off your current loan balance, but you also add in some extra money from the equity of your home and be able to have that just transferred to you. Um, or uh, there is a home equity line of credit that some people may qualify for where they can actually borrow just the equity mm-hmm. and individual credit unions who offer those would be able to give the, the terms for those. So Okay. And do you guys offer all of that here? We only offer home equity lines of credit if it's used in a purchase towards the down payment. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of knowledge right there, my man. Yeah. That's a lot of knowledge right there. Yeah. She's spitting fire right now. Yeah you know I'm saying she's spitting fire bro. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. So now the my the, the the main thing is I got a lot of first time home buyers mm-hmm. and they always you know they they get their information from wherever they get their information from. Um, can you explain how first time home buyers can benefit from grants? Yeah, so first time home buyers can definitely take advantage of some really great grants. So for example, just to touch back on Virginia housing, um, that's probably the number one grant agency that we've got in the state of Virginia. Um, and it's, and it's, they do offer grants, but they also offer the down payment assistance in the form of a loan. Um, individual cities also offer grants depending on your, uh, first time homebuyer status, what your income is, what your household size is. Uh, Norfolk has a grant program through Norfolk Redevelopment and Housing Authority of up to $40,000 that can be used towards down payment, closing costs, any combination. Um, it is income based. And it is for first-time home buyers, and you do have to purchase in the city of Norfolk. But it's a great program if you're qualified for it. Portsmouth and um, Portsmouth and Chesapeake both have a come home program where you can qualify for up to $25,000 for grant for down payment and or closing costs. But it's the same requirements as far as household size, income, um, for some homebuyer status, things like that. So if there's anybody who has any interest in any of those programs, um, I can definitely send out um, the links for those programs, but mm-hmm. it's definitely worthwhile looking into. So you can give us a couple links, we can post some of them. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll try our best to post some of those links in this uh, podcast, Yeah, for sure. But realistically, guys, if you need a breakdown, I highly recommend you just reach out to Karen. I mean, she's always available for us, and I think she'd be more than willing to help you guys out, for sure. Definitely. Um, when people are getting ready for these grants, these programs, and they're ready to buy a home, they've decided. What can they do to help uh, you out or a lender out to make the process smoother on your end? Yeah, so first and foremost, the biggest thing is just be honest. Um, you know, as a lender, we have one job, and that is to make sure that you are receiving the correct type of financing for your really long-term and short-term goals financially so be honest you know don't tell us that you make as x dollars in income when you really make y (laughs) because that will have a negative impact as we go through the process and everything is verified so everything we'll find out we will find out and it's just easier to go ahead and just disclose it up front um, to make everything easier on everybody else um, throughout the process and most importantly you as the as the home buyer um, have your documents ready. I always tell people two, 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 one, two pay stubs, two W2s, two bank statements and a photo ID. If you're self-employed or if you own other property, 
go ahead and add two years of tax returns in there as well. Um, and just be open-minded. Um, the process does get stressful and it can get frustrating, but just keep an open mind that the reason why we may be asking for things or maybe re-asking for things is because we're trying to help you be able to achieve your goal of home ownership while also making sure that we are following our heavily federally regulated yes. guidelines. Because yes. <laughs> yes. 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 the federal government is watching you guys like a hawk. Yes, very much so. And then also just keep in the back of your mind, once you've made the decision that you want to purchase a home, whether it's in 30 days, in six months, or in 12 months, whatever the case may be, always keep in mind that what you do today will impact your ability for home ownership in the future. So avoid co-signing on anything for anybody. Even if you're a co-signer and you're not driving the car, or you're not the student in school, you are still financially obligated on that loan unless the other person can document that they are the ones who have truly been making the payments out of their own bank account for 12 months. Um, don't quit jobs in the middle of the process. If you have a job and you know that you are wanting to buy a home, definitely consult with your lender first before making the decision to because it may be fine, it may not be fine, but we would rather know up front so that way we can ensure that we are obtaining the proper documentation to avoid any hiccups down the road. Um, make sure that you're saving money. Don't close out any bank accounts or open up any new bank accounts um, unless you've spoken with the lender first. Just because we do have to verify that you have uh, two months worth of bank statements and if you're missing a month or if there's a large deposit or large amounts coming out, the underwriter will want to know what was going on. So I usually recommend people just pay your bills, uh, don't make any random non-payroll deposits unless you can document it. Um, just make sure that things stay clean, um, you know, for your benefit. Even, even like, if you're donating some money to a, a cousin that needs, like, a hundred bucks a month just to, uh, for the next six months, that's all going to be... Yep, that'll all be need to be documented, especially if there's any kind of monthly recurring debt to a person. Uh, the underwriter will want an explanation for that to verify that it's not an undisclosed debt of some sort. Okay. And what are one of the things you said, and I feel like you may have spoke about this, but I just want to make sure we capture this. Uh, what are the things that weighs heaviest on somebody who's attempting to get qualified? So the first obstacle is definitely going to be credit. You've, okay. got, you've got to credit qualify. I usually say DTI. Yep, yep, yep. And then debt to income ratio is a okay. big thing because you may have excellent credit, but if you've got a lot of debt, but not enough income to support that debt, then your debt to income ratio may exceed what we're allowed to lend on. Your debt to income ratio is essentially just the percentage of your gross monthly income that goes out towards any liabilities listed on your credit report, as well as your proposed housing payment. So let's say for easy numbers, you make $2,000 a month gross, and you have $1,000 a month between car loans, student loans, credit cards, whatever the case may be. You can see that 50% of your income is already going out towards debts, mm -hmm. when realistically we have a requirement of anywhere from 45% up to 55% on debt to income ratio for all those debts plus a mortgage. Okay. So if you have a goal of home ownership within the next 30, 30 days to 12 months, I definitely recommend that anybody avoids up, um, opening up any new credit, co-signing on anything for anybody, mm -hmm. and just work on paying off some of the smaller debts. Mm -hmm. And you keep going 30 days to 
12 months. I know some people say, I'm just looking, I'm just looking. Uh, so how far out do you expect them to start talking to, you know, professionals in our field when they are considering and looking? So if anybody has a goal of home ownership, I think it's important to talk to a lender. Okay. If you have a goal at all, whether it's 30 days or two years. Or two years. Or three years. Okay. Or four years. Yeah. I think that it's important to get started with a lender because you have no idea what might be on your credit. Mm -hmm. You don't know what your income may need to look like. You know, so it's it's important to go ahead and get started and get that strategy laid out now because it's so much easier to work through a strategy or get to a goal when you have a strategy versus to get to a goal with no strategy. So I wanna make sure everybody knows that obviously you're 11 years in the game, we worked heavily together, but I not only trust you because of that, but also because you helped me purchase my house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my house, my first home, you were the lender yeah. on my home. So when it comes to strategizing, this is the person that I personally go to. Um, and when we buy this next house, this is who <laughs> I'll go to because it's not stopping here. <laughs> now, now my things uh, have changed. So I used to be prior military when we purchased a home. Now I am self-employed. Do you have any advice for somebody in my situation, somebody who's self-employed? What are major key factors we need to consider as self-employed? Yeah, so self-employed, um, in order to qualify, you do have to have two years of tax returns. And um, I do get asked quite often, should I have a Schedule C? Should I have an S-Corp? Should I have an LLC? I will tell you to consult a tax professional for that. Um, if you need a recommendation for a tax professional, you know, either me, Roger, or Donovan can refer you to somebody. Um, but one of the things to keep in mind is when you are self-employed, we're not going, we're not doing a qualification based off of gross income with self-employed borrowers. That's only if you're a wage earner W-2 employee. With our self-employed borrowers, we actually can only use your taxed income. So your net income after all of your receipts are paid out, all of your vehicles, any um, what like office supplies. expenses, supplies, advertising, any any deductions that you take after all of those are, are factored in and taken out of your gross income, all we can use is your net. And oh we, my. Yes. So when you have, yeah, so when, which is a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Because if you are self-employed, the whole goal is to get your income as low as possible yeah. to pay less in taxes. But then if you want to buy a house, yeah. it's going to affect your buying power. <laughs> so if I pulled in, let's say we netted a hundred K, but I was able to make my tax obligation go down to, you know, my net income only came to like 30,000. So now I'm qualifying for a home loan at $30,000 yes, income. Yes, correct. Wow, and that's gonna dramatically change how much money I can qualify yes, for. Yes, yes, correct. Okay. So um, so it, it's it's over a 24 month average. So let's say in 2019, like you said, you earned $100,000 in income, but you only claimed $30,000 for tax purposes. Mm -hmm. And then let's say in 2020, you made $150,000 in income and claimed $60,000 for tax purposes. We actually would take the $60,000 and the $30,000, add them together, and then divide that over 24 months. And that's the income that we would use. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Message. <laughs> hey, Raj, I've asked a lot of questions to our superstar, you know what I mean, professional here. Raj, what do, what's uh, burning in your mind right now? Let me say now? what's going on my mind. Yeah. Right now, what do they need to know? there was a lot of information just went out there. Just yeah. know this. This is why Care is on the team. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah. This is why you get the Marshall Moore team, because this is how we step to in the right direction. Yes. Because we have the team 
that has it's knowledgeable, likable, and we are accessible to you. Always. Always. I like that. Accessible. Um, so when I talk to people, I don't think they always understand when we go through the home buying process, they'll ask me how long does it take? Um, and I know each lender is going to be different. Uh, but I wanted to know for you and your team, how long does it take after we write a contract? So we looked for the house, we found everything, we've written a contract. How long can we expect for closing? Sure. So um, closing can take as long of a time as the co contract date, right, mm -hmm. is on the closing date. So, um, so if it's eight weeks, we'll take eight weeks. Okay. But... One of the benefits of working with a local lender who does everything in-house, we, off, we, we offer our processing, underwriting, closing, everything in-house, is that we are able to operate on much quicker turnaround times because we have the same people working on every file. Um, we don't outsource or anything like that. So our average turnaround time is, I believe it's still 27 days. So we are still looking at less than 30 days from going under contract to moving into a new home. Okay, so within one month, we can have everything done. Yes. Okay, and then also, fun thing that people don't know, and I love to tell them about this, uh, 45 to 60 days until their next payment. Talk to them about that. Yes, so there's always a, a month in between your closing date and your first payment date. So let's just say, for example, that you close today. We'll just say today's closing date, yeah. December 7th. You actually wouldn't have a payment due until February 1st. <sighs> Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. That's yeah. nice. I, I love telling people about that when we get into contract because they're usually renting. Um, mm -hmm. And they're like, man, well, I got to pay this month's rent. And I got to do... I'm like, but you know you don't have to pay your mortgage for like a while, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And always get with your agent. Let them know what your plan is because the date that they put on the contract can change when that first payment is. Yes, right? like for example, yeah. on an, um, with some types of loans, depending on when you close, we can only um, collect so many days in interest. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you close on the 1st of January. If you obtain an FHA loan, you actually can't skip a payment because you're collecting more than 30 days of interest. Okay. So your payment would actually be February 1st. Okay. But let's say you close January 2nd instead, then your first payment would be due March 1st. Mm -hmm. So there's there are some stipulations to that depending on the closing date and what type of loan you're getting. And that's where Donovan said you definitely want to talk to the agent and the lender to make sure that everything is is correct, that you're getting all the information unique to your situation. Mm -hmm. So that way for budgeting purposes, you know, you know for a fact if you can skip that extra payment or not. <laughs> I think the craziest thing I've ever seen is somebody tell me. Uh, you're just my agent. You don't need to talk to my lender. And I'm like, one, that is a true statement. I don't have to talk to your lender. You're 100% <laughs> right. But two, how can I do my job well if I don't talk to your lender? It's, we are in a contact sport and a relationship game. Mm -hmm. And having strong relationships with intelligent individuals pays. Because sometimes the things that we do can change. It may seem minor. But it'll change a contract or a deal by five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, definitely, you know? absolutely. Yeah, I think that having an open line of communication between the agent and the lender is very important, um, really and truly for the buyer's benefit. Because if you, the the it's a team, like you said, we're we're a contact sport, mm -hmm. and we work together to make sure that the process goes as smoothly as possible and as stress free as possible, and 
we also like to make sure that we're on the same side. You know, we're on the same team, we're on the same side. Mm -hmm. And we, without going into details, because of course there are certain things that the lender can't disclose mm -hmm. to anybody or that the agent can't disclose, but with everything that we are able to talk about with your benefit in mind, it is good, it is good to have a, a, a lending and an agent real estate team to be on the same side, to work together, to have that kind of relationship because that way you know that you are in the best hands for the best care possible. Okay. Stress-free, baby. <sighs> nice and smooth. Nice Easy. and smooth. I know everybody's listening to this podcast right now. They're like, that's a lot of information. <laughs> we keep it real simple. All you do is contact the Marshmore team and we'll direct you straight to your happiness. Exactly. That's what it's all about. So I used to be, uh, before we were the Marching to More team, I tried out the Millennials Marching to More just because I'm a millennial. And I didn't have an issue with that. Everybody else did. They thought that I was a real estate agent eating Tide Pods. You know what I mean? In free time. <laughs> they wanted, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how else am I going to keep the smile nice and clean? Obviously, Tide Pods. No. It's <laughs> horrible. So, no, we changed the name and stuff. But uh, I definitely want to make sure everybody knows how old do you need to be to qualify for a mortgage or to apply for a mortgage? 18. 18 years The youngest old. person I've ever helped was 19. Yes. Mm -hmm. Buying their first house. Buying their first house. Nice. It, it was... You know, it was a really cool experience, but yes, 18, I've helped people as old as 82 purchase their first home. So there's no age, you know, that people say like, I'm too young to buy a house, I'm too old to buy a house. There's no such thing. If you want to buy a house, let's talk about buying a house. Let's just talk about it. Yeah. There's, even if you don't know the way, we can help you, help you find a way. Yeah, no cost, no obligation, just for your informational purposes only. And from what you decide to do with that knowledge is completely on you. Exactly. Knowledge is power when you apply it. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm getting down to the end of my list for questions. Um, Raj, do you have anything that you feel like is pertinent for these people to know? What's something that you don't think like we know? Like, it's like, hey, I don't even know if you guys know this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. <clears throat> so um, on an investment property, for example, okay. you can put as little as 15% down. And the seller can only pay up to 2% of a sales price for closing cost assistance. Mm. Not like many people are getting closing cost assistance yeah. right now, but when the market shifts back. Yeah. <laughs> so I always tell my clients that I, you know, don't don't bank on me doing it. Yeah. But Kara, have you seen me get closing cost assistance for our yes. clients? Yes, I have. In this crazy market. <laughs> I've gotten some crazy closing that's, calls and people are like, how'd yep. you do that? I'm like, I don't that's know. That's good negotiating <laughs> skills. Um, Another thing is uh, a lot of people have a dream of owning a second home mm -hmm. or something that they can Airbnb, but mm -hmm. they want to live in part of the year too. You can actually purchase a second home with as little as 10% down. Mm -hmm. So if you've got that house at the lake that you've been eyeing for a long time and you thought that you had to put 20% down, you don't. It's only 10% down and um, you can make that, that you know second home a possibility. Is that a new thing or... Because it's always been a thing that people it's just didn't know. It's always been the case, but people just didn't know. I didn't oh know that. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I got to call me some phone I'm calls. telling you all the things <laughs> that you wish you knew about mortgages. Man. So, guys, I know that a lot of times when we present this information, it seems like, well, let me tell you about how awesome our team is. That's not the case. We know that a majority of you are going to listen to this, and you're probably going to go out and work with someone else. Our job is to educate and provide information. So I hope you're catching value and little nuggets in all these, like, gems that are being dropped right now. <laughs> and I was trying to do the video so you guys can see how awesome Kara looks as she's dropping these. She's got a bright pink... Uh, 
jacket on right now. You know what I mean? Looking like legally blonde and legally dropping jewels. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I should be, like the legally blonde mortgage banker. Exactly. That'll work. That'll work. That's, that's, that's all I got. Well, guys, we got to the end of our list. Um, you know, we like to keep these short and simple and sweet. We hope you took many notes. Thank you, Kara, yeah. with Atlantic Bay Mortgage. <laughs> She's been killing the game for a long time. Yes, and will continue to do so. Exactly. <laughs> Looking forward to 2022. Right. Hey, guys, it's been Donovan D. McFadden. Roger Lee. We're the March in the More team, and we're going to catch you next time. Have a good See one. You.